King, would you put up Matthew chapter 2, verse 11 for me? And thus as the body of Christ, just we're waiting on the Lord for a moment, will you? Matthew 2. And when they were coming to the house, they saw a young child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down. Can you say fell down? And they worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, put your hand over your heart and say, when they opened their treasures, when I opened the treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. With your eyes closed, I want to be like those magi, those few wise men. I want you to be the same. We're not here to play a church game. We're here to worship Jesus Christ. He is the Savior of the world. And He saved us from an eternal hell and darkness. That's a reality. So we're opening up our treasures. And we're going to present them unto Him. I don't care if there's a few wise men. But be a wise man right now. And just say, Lord, I'm presenting these gifts. I'll fall down and i worship You this morning. I fall down and worship You this morning. I'm going to present some gifts to You. Because I'm grateful that You are the Savior. You're my Savior. That you saved me from darkness. You've saved me and forgiven me. You've cleansed me and you've changed my life. And I don't carry guilt any longer. For every single thing that I ever did in my body, with someone or to someone, I've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you're my Savior. You're Jehovah's Savior. I want you just to express your heart back to God in gratitude. And you can even be seated right now. Just be seated and just express your gratitude to the Lord right now. Present your gift to Him. The treasures. There's still a few wise men in the earth. and You just tell the Lord, I'm going to be that wise man. I can't help but be that wise man. God has saved me. Save me from sin. Save me from darkness. From guilt. From condemnation. That's not just a Christmas story. That's a reality in God. And I'll never let go of my Savior. I'll never stop representing my Savior, right? Say, I'll never stop representing my Savior. He has saved me. Saved me from darkness. And the angel said to Joseph in a dream, you're going to name him. God's given the name that you're going to name this one. You're going to name him Jesus. Jehovah Savior. Just close your eyes and think, what's that mean to you? I know what it means to me. He's a savior. Sometimes because we're all growing up and we want to put on big boy pants, we forget about Jesus, the savior. And he's the savior of all mankind. That's what Paul said to Timothy. He's the savior of the world. He's not a, a new religion or he's not some religion. He is the only wise God. Unto the king immortal, invisible. The only wise God. He's the savior of all men. Now, as you're thinking about that, if there's areas that you need Him as Savior, and I'm going to do this right now, because He's a Savior. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, from the darkness that you're in, the sin that you're in, the guilt that you're in, like I just said to you, I know when He became my Savior, it wasn't just some, some people that are carnal don't know God. So, well, maybe you joined and had to have a crutch called religion. Oh, are you silly and stupid? Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. You'll experience forgiveness. You'll experience delivering from darkness, guilt, condemnation, inner wars. If you've never accepted Jesus and made, as Savior, received Him as Savior, with every head bowed and every eye closed, it's a good day to receive Jesus as Savior. I don't care how many are here or not here. Just lift your hand to the Lord and say, it's time for me to accept you, acknowledge you, and receive you as Savior. If you want to do that, raise your hand to Him right now. If you, if you are, I'm going to give you a chance. If you've already done that, you've been taking him so for granted. I want you to reflect what it means that he's Savior unto you. God gave him that name. He said, I'll name him Savior, Jehovah the Savior. Renew that in your mind because there's people around you, they don't know the Savior. They don't know him as Savior. I'll tell you right now. They may know him as orthodox religion, but they don't know him as Savior. They don't even know the experience of him for his great forgiveness and then his forgetting in the beginning of his transforming.
So, Lord, we present with an open heart our treasures. And I want you to do that. I'm going to do that anyway, whether anyone wants to do it or not. I don't really care because he has saved me, and I'm going to present those treasures, and I'm going to give those gifts out of my heart and give God thanks for being my Savior and the Savior of the world. And they're still being wise men. Lord, there's wise men all over that won't bypass you. And I remember crying out to God when I needed a Savior saying, I'm not going to let you bypass me. I don't care if all my friends bypass. I'm not letting you bypass me. I got to be saved. I got to have a Savior. There is an eternal hell. People don't believe that, but nevertheless there is. And as a young man and God gets your heart, you say, I don't want to go there. I just want to be with you. I need a Savior. I'm in darkness. I don't care if you bypass a thousand generations. I'm laying hold of you as my Savior. Amen. Isaiah 9 says, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Can you call his name Wonderful today? Can you call him Savior today? That you saved me from darkness. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Lord. So we present gifts to the Lord this morning. And Father, I'm asking that you move in here and that you would begin to glorify yourself in this house and that your glory would be felt and be touched. I want you to pray this with me. Jesus, when you left, you've given me your name and you've given me the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit of Aletheia, the spirit of realization, to realize some things, to realize you as my Savior in a fuller way, to realize you as my deliverer in a fuller way. That's why you're here, Holy Spirit, to bring realization to everything, to make things real, because they are. Don't you remember last week when we were worshiping God and the beauty of His presence? And we began to quote that scripture that the angels began to appear and say, Glory to God in the highest. And they began to say, Glory to God in the highest. And they were telling him, they appeared to these shepherds. And he still appears to simple people today. He still reveals himself to us today. Shepherds doing the work of God. Just going to work. Just doing that thing. And all of a sudden, an open heaven occurs. And they begin to see a glory shine around them. And it says that the angel appeared. Which means that he was always there. And we got to grasp that, folks. That not only is he our Savior, but he's going he's to make a shift as we grow in our life as our Emmanuel. That he appears and disappears. Maybe we feel his presence and maybe we don't. Maybe we feel it, maybe we don't. But he said, I'm your Emmanuel. After your Savior, you're going to learn me as Emmanuel. God with us. Lo, I'm with you always. I, you may think I'm appearing and disappearing, but lo, I'm with you always. Even until the end of all ages. Amen? Amen. And they begin to say, glory to God in the highest, the angels. And they appeared. And like I told you last week, a revelation is an unveiling of the word of God. But an open heaven is something that's happening right now with God. And we want revelations and we want light, but we want the happenings of God. We want to know them. We want to see them. On earth as it is in heaven, heaven's a real place. It's just one veil away from our minds. It's just one veil away that we begin to see open things. And I don't care how things look around you or look like to you. Just keep drawing on Him. Amen? Keep your pursuit on Him. One thing that's a wonderful thing to behold when I'm walking around and you see the condition of people, but you see the treasures that are here, you see the people that are here regardless of how things look, good, favorable, unfavorable, they're still here. And I look at their faces, eyes closed, and the, and the glory shining on their face, and they're worshiping Jesus, and they don't care about their situation. They don't care about how things look. They're just here. They've learned them as Emmanuel. Not, they say, I don't care if a thousand are here. I don't care, whatever. I'm just here because Jesus, you're my Savior. You're real. You've revealed yourself to me. I'm going to open treasures. I'm going to pour them out on you. Don't you know, Mary, Mary, 
was a hooker, not Mary, the mother. Mary, that one that broke open that alabaster bar and poured on his feet that oil. That was a treasure she did. Amen? She washed his feet. We're going to do the same. That's the lifestyle of a worshiper. And she washed his feet. And she put that odor, that precious perfume on him. And that was on his feet because the next part of his walk with God, next part of his walk was the cross. Shedding of blood, suffering, smell of sweat. But his feet were anointed with treasure that that woman spent on him, her best. And even though he was suffering and all those things, that oil and that aroma, her gift that she presented to his feet, washed his feet for that next phase of his walk. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Tom, did you have something? You want to go ahead. Four words came up in my spirit. Let the miracles begin. I am releasing a miracle mindset. Things which seemed impossible will seem and be possible. Things which seemed totally unreasonable will seem and be reasonable. Things which seemed undoable will seem and be doable. I desire to manifest my glory. I desire to come in in power. I desire to make myself known. I am a living God. I am a speaking God. I am a moving God. I am a miracle working God. This is not something that you work up in your mind. It's not just adopting a positive attitude. It's a move of my spirit. My spirit is coming in My spirit is coming upon you to do miracles. That my name may be glorified. That my word may be confirmed. I saw something in my spirit. And it was like people were sitting in the pews. Both sides of the aisle here. It was like, it was like a, they were sitting there. And all of a sudden, it went back like this. And they had, it, it, it was like a mighty wind came right down through the middle here. Not to divide, but just to manifest itself. Whether that's figuratively speaking or what, it's a move of the Spirit of God. <clears throat> Anna Marie, would you please take us? seat over here on this pew, please. Thank you. I saw four cylinders of light about three inches wide in your torso, about two feet long, and it filled up your torso. It filled up your upper body with light. I saw the power of God like a light beam come down into me and shoot into you without me touching you. And then I saw the image of a face in heaven. It's not God's literal face, but it represented his face. And I saw his lips moving. And breath came out of his lips. And I knew what he was doing. God is sending his word and healing you, Anna Marie. I see your esophagus completely open. I see you in the doctor's office. He's looking at the report. The tests all come back negative for cancer. He gives you a clean bill of health. You shall blossom as a flower. Your glory shall not fade. You shall go from glory to to glory, to glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Thanks, Tom, for your obedience once again.
Will you, just say, will you just say, Lord, I'm receiving the working of miracles. I'm receiving your power for impossible things. Right now. Right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive for this local house, for this community. In the name of Jesus. We receive for our minds, for our body, for our everything, the miracles of God. We thank you for that. Thank you for that. Will you thank him? Amen. Amen. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Amen. 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 Yeah, you can be seated. You can go ahead and play. I don't know how long I'm going to say anything, but that would be nice. Just work with what God's doing and no matter what. Amen. No matter what. Amen. He's the Lord. I want you to write something in your notes that I told Anna about. and I'm going to work with what God's word's saying through Tom. I appreciate your obedience, Tom. I appreciate you being instant in season and out. Whether it seems convenient or inconvenient, you, you know, doing the will of God, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. I want you to write down this. I, and I was praying this, and I said, Lord, I believe for signs and wonders. But not just, I'm not a young man to anchor me. I'm believing for signs and wonders to honor my Father, to glorify my Father. I don't need to be anchored anymore. I'm, I'm going to serve God regardless, amen? And I'm not a novice, and I'm going to serve God. And I want you to have that same heart. But your prayer is, yeah, God, we've got to see the signs and wonders to glorify and honor our Father. Not because that we, we're going to stay anchored. Oh, God, if you don't do this thing, then maybe you're not real. If you don't do that, maybe you're not. That's settled. Say that's settled. That's established in, in your life. And if it's not, it will be. But now it's all about giving him glory to our Father, a sign and a wonder. And God's doing that. Miracles are happening. Say miracles are happening. And I'm telling you, a miracle is God's power in an impossible situation. And that's happening here. People that, you know, Danielle, Cain, they're, they're having, it's a miracle that she's pregnant without medical assistance. That's a miracle. Amen? There's miracles going on around us and in us. And I was going to tell you last week, I want to work with Tom, and I'm trying to pace myself, and Lord, help me to do this with what's going on. There's a lot of things going on, but I want you to write in your notes. There's a cost in birthing a miracle. There is a cost in birthing a miracle. There's a cost in our lives for birthing a miracle, amen? And we're going to, we're going to do that. We're going to pay that price. We're going to... We're going to do that thing. Amen. You're going to do that. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to do that to see God move, to see that miracle happen. I'm going to pay that price. You know, I don't know how many generations, maybe Jimmy could help you. But when you read Matthew chapter one, you go through the first verses. It's all about the genealogy and who was related to who. And this person was related to that person. And that one was related to that one. And and it's all these names. Say all these names. And all those names were mentioned for a reason. There's some royal people in, in Matthew chapter 1. You can just turn there and I'll just talk through it. There's royal people. There's noble people. There's some broken people in that. And their names are mentioned in the genealogy. And then it says the generation of Jesus. There's 14. And then there's another 14. I don't know all the math thing. I don't know if it's 42. I don't know what the total is. Is it 42? In 42 generations until this birth miracle happened called Jesus. It was, it, is that right? 42 generations? Is that correct? If, if I'm off, he'll correct me. But it's that many generations. Could it be that it took that long for God looking all over the earth, the Bible says, to and fro for someone to show himself strong in? Did it, could it be that it took that long to find a Mary, a handmaiden of God? Could it have been to take that long to find somebody? And everybody's saying, why doesn't God, he's not doing this and he's not doing that. You know, and they always say, where is this of God? But where are the Marys? The handmaidens of the Lord. Where are those Marys that have set themselves apart? Where are the Marys? Say, I'm a Mary. Where are the Joseph? Say, I'm a Joseph. Handmaiden and bond servants. Maybe it was 42 generations until that miracle happened. But it cost 
those two. It was a sovereign thing that those two, both Mary and Joseph, it was a sovereignty of God that they met and joined each other. You look at the genealogies and how it goes down. And you look at all the names and it says about Joseph and he had some royalty. And Mary's not really. But they were in the same city. Say the same city. And God had a setup, and he found her and he found them. And he had them marry. Say Mary. And to have a miracle and birth a miracle in your life, like Mary, she was planning for a wedding. And most of the time, God's time, say God's time, set times of God in our lives, they're called kairos, a set moment. God has a perfect timing. We always go, he has, God, you have perfect timing. But his perfect time is not always perfect for our time sometimes. And Mary, she had to experience inconvenience. She was planning for a wedding. She was just doing the simple thing. I'm going to get married. And I know it's the will of God that I marry this guy, Joseph. I know it. God ordained that. She was a woman of God. Say a woman of God. A woman of the Word of God. That's why she was a woman of the Spirit. Because she gave herself to God's Word. I got people that, you know, medical science is this. It's, it's experimenting. Say experimenting. With cells and drugs and things. It's experimenting and trying some things to see how they have an effect on some things. And then you have people that are holistic, and they try herbs and things, and they do the same thing. They give their lives to science, and they say, let me experiment. Hey, if you eat this root, your stomach will feel better. I thank God for research. Say research. But the Lord Jesus said, for a miracle, you just got to hear and be healed. He didn't say, go eat kale. He said, hear and be healed. And the reality of us experiencing a miracle is that we got to hear. That's all. Galatians writes it like this, Paul the Apostle in the chapter 3 of Galatians in 1, he said, Oh, you foolish Galatians, have you received the Spirit, forgiveness, eternal life, by the hearing of faith or by the works of the law? What's the answer, folks? And then he goes on and says, Now that you are saved, do you receive the supply, the very supply of Jesus Christ, His life, His essence, daily, say daily, by the hearing of faith? Or by the works of the law. And he, say he, that works miracles among you, how does he do it? By the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And see, folks, it's a, it's a lost art because people think the invisible is invaluable, is not valuable. But I want to tell you and encourage you, if you give yourself like Mary, look at what did it cost Mary to birth a miracle? It cost her everything. Say it cost her everything. It cost her her whole being. It cost her her spirit responding. It cost her soul. And it cost her body. Say my whole being. You want the miracles of God. You're, it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you your whole being. In a surrender. Amen. We read the scripture with Mary and we, we almost make it poetry. Be it unto me. Thou, Lord, according to your word. And such a beautiful thing. Don't get me wrong. It is a beautiful thing. But it's more than poetry. When she said that, she gave her whole being to the will of God, to the person of God, to the person of Jesus, to be have a miracle birth in her body. And from that moment on, she got rejected. She got chased by Herod. She couldn't say yes to the dress. Her marriage plans were done. Think about it in our now, because it is our now. He visits this woman. He goes, blessed and favored are you, Mary, handmaiden of God. Why is she blessed and favored? You think, well, he, God just picked her and he likes her and he doesn't like me. No, because she was a person that gave herself to the word of God. And she was a person that knew the presence of God. The Bible says that's so. Say, it's going to cost me everything. It cost her reputation. It cost her the inconvenience. God's set time. Say God's set time. His appointed time. Sometimes it's an inconvenience to my time. Sometimes it interrupts my plans. Has it ever happened in your life? It's happened in my life. I remember being in, in California at a church and, and God doing this. And I, I, I remember increasing in finances and, and all that. And I thought, well, this is a great time for me. And God said, it's time to move. That was inconvenient. Close your eyes. Say, God, I want your miracles. They're by hearing of faith and by me giving my all. Your set times.
override my times. I don't care how inconvenient, how comfortable I am right now, how I feel about it right now. Be it done unto me according to your word. Amen? Amen? That's who you are. That's who you are. That's why you're here. We need miracles for everything. We were talking about it before. I, I told you I needed, what do you need? I need a million dollars in a miracle. What do you need for this church? A miracle. See, it's easy to cheat. It's easy to play religious games. It's easy to have an Ishmael. Just, just do it in the flesh. You could do that. See, in my world, I, I see Ishmaels all the time. And, I, and I, sometimes I'll say, God, how come Ishmael looks like something's happening? He looks like that kid, but he's not that kid. He looks like that one, but he's not the one of promise. He's not the child of promise. He's not the one with the inheritance. He's not the one with the glory of God. He's not the one with the presence of God. He's not the one. But he looks like it. You ever see nowadays manger scenes all over the place? And that's what modern day religion is. My world, what people do, Isaacs, I mean Ishmaels, it's the flesh. They just do whatever they want to do. Look at I, I went to different cities and places, and one guy, you talk to him, and they say, you know what, I just thought I will, I'm a good talker, and I think I'm going to go to Bible school because I just like to talk. And I think I'm a good talker, and I'm going to go there, and I think I'll go four years, and I'm going to go, let me think. I, I think I'll pick this denomination because it's the biggest organization, and I like to talk, so I'm going to go there. And then once I put my four years in, and they give me that certificate, then I can choose, hmm, San Diego has that denomination. Uh, oh, maybe L.A., New York, I don't know, maybe Dallas. Maybe, I don't know, I'll fill it out and maybe I'll get that. Say, that's, that's, that's Ishmael. You can do all that works in the flesh. That's my world. Or maybe that's Arthur's world, right? That's what, that's what you deal with in religion. Or people posting their face on billboards. Hurry, hurry, come to see this preacher. And I realize this thing, that's not the way of God. Say, it's not the way of God. And you look like sometimes because you're going the way of God, you're going through some sufferings. But that's okay. So did Mary. Are you listening to me? To birth that holy thing, to birth that miracle thing, you're going to go that way. Are you listening to me? I'm not just talking about my world. I'm talking about all of our worlds. Say, he that works miracles among you does so by the hearing of faith. It will do you well to cultivate the Word of God. It does you well to sow and, and to spend time with God. It does you well to get His Word in you. It does you well to speak to Him. Say, speak to Him. See, as much as scientists do all this energy, we can be a God scientist. I've done it for 32 years now. I've experimented with God. I've experimented with worship and said when I came home from a church, if I sing this song, all of a sudden it becomes worship. And you know what? Something happens called His presence. Say, that's God's science. If I, lay, I learned this. If I lay my hands on somebody and, and there'll be a transference and I see their body affected like electricity, that's God's science. He's invisible, right? But there's still value. There's still realness. Say this with me. Unto the king, eternal, invisible, the only wise God. Because things are invisible don't mean that they're really happening, folks. So say, I'm going to be a God's science. Experiment with the word of God experiment with meditation in the word experiment with intuition and hearing God experiment with obeying God experiment and see the sign and the wonder with that are you listening to me it doesn't matter if you are or you're not because I'm gonna still talk I'm gonna still tell God I'm still gonna express this because it's real and we want miracles and we want to experience these things but we forget these aren't Bible stories these people went through some real things Mary was visited that day by an angel. And she says, don't you know, angel, I'm, I'm about to get married. And he said, hold on here. You were highly favored and you were chosen. And I'm going to do a miracle in you. And she said, say that with me, be it done according to your word. There was a, say it was inconvenient. Then there was a surrender. And she surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Say the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want you to break this down for yourself, and I want you to write this down because I want you to begin to use this and apply this. You've got to know Joshua is an example for us, and I'm going to stay on what it says in the Scripture because he says, and his name will be Jehovah our Savior. He's our Joshua. Nice hat. That's cute on you. Oh, your coat. Something changed. Yeah, it looks really nice. 
But Joshua was a man that cultivated, and, and he gives us an example of how to cultivate to work with God and work with miracles. Amen? One, one thing it says of Joshua, I think it's Exodus 33, I could be wrong, but it says that when Moses would be in a certain room, in a certain place, and Moses' face, he'd be with God on a mountain, and Moses would have God's presence, say his presence. That still happens today, folks. I don't know about you, but I, I reflected on, when I was in California, a man named Jim Sepulveda. This man died and, and came back to life, had a miracle, and he came into the local fellowship I was in. And he didn't just talk and tell stories. He expressed the glory of God. And as a young man, I said, what is that? And I, I got to have that. I got to experience that. I will follow that guy around with a microphone saying, what is this? Why is this presence so demonstrative? And what is the, this tangibility in this man as he's speaking, as he's praying, as he's doing something? Say, tangible God. And so when he left those places, I lingered in that presence with God because I was hungry for the reality of God. Just call out for hunger. You've got to have God. Say, I'm hungry, so I stay there. And I say, whatever this guy had, God, I, 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 don't, I want that. I've got to have that. Say, that's lingering. I remember another man that came there. He was, he was a priest, but he had an encounter with God, and he's no longer a priest because he was kicked out of religion. And he brought the presence of God in a different way. But it was tangible. And I seen him go to the, to the wharf. I seen him go to different cities. I seen men that were sinners, known sinners. Horrible businessmen involved in unclean industry. And he began to tell them about Jesus and the force of God. You could feel that. And they would cry, repent, and come to the Lord. Do you remember that? I said, God, I don't know what that is. That's you. I know that. But I'm going to linger. Say linger. And that's why we don't get out of here and we don't sing three poems in a prayer. We're here and if God's presence is manifesting, just linger. Just linger. Be hungry and linger. I remember being in East Texas and three specific times the power of God come so strongly and tangibly. And then that person leave the building. I just get in my van and cry and weep. Say, God, I got to see this glory. I got to have this glory. Well, other people are eating lunch. You're lingering. Say, I'm lingering. You want a miracle, it's going to cost you everything. You, and, and see, I know people look at me like, well, Craig, I know it's not by works. I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about the hearing of faith. I'm talking about cultivating your life, cultivating your life with the Word of God, giving that time to God. Joshua said after he lingered with Moses in that place, the next thing he did was Exodus 17:14 said, and listen, Moses recited the Word of God to Joshua. Say he lingered. If I want to see a miracle, I got to start hanging around with God's manifest presence. I want that. I got to start lingering. I got to hang around. I got to put that cry out and call out. And God will not bypass you with that. And then he said, and Moses recited. Say recited word. Say lingering presence. Recited word. And Moses recited to him. Not only did Moses give God glory and had the glory and he got in on that, but he recited the word of God to Joshua. And the next thing Joshua did, he said, after Moses died, and after he experienced that, God said to him, listen, you keep meditating, say meditated word. You keep thinking on my word, you're going to have unusual success. You're going to have sakal. Do that. Say lingering. Say recited word. And say meditated word. That's how things begin with us. That's how things begin with all of us. We receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. Say Savior. People need a Savior. I'm telling you, they need Him here. I, I, I'm, I'm so tired of all the, well, I go to church, I do this. They need a Savior. They need an encounter with Jesus. They need an experience with Jehovah Savior, right? The Jews knew Him as Jehovah, but they still, some of them, haven't known Him as Savior. Sometimes, like I said earlier, we, we've grown up and we're going to continue growing up with God. But sometimes we, we, we forget about the Savior, the necessity of a Savior. And that's where we all started. Every one of us started there. Some people started out saying, God, I'm not right. Other people said, God, I'm afraid of, the, of my destiny in the future. I'm afraid of what happens after I die and come out of my body. I don't care how you started, but you had to accept and receive the Savior somewhere. Amen? And people need that now. And they need that in this community. They need that in this city. People take, you know, they, I, I get calls and different people calling. And I say, man, I know where they're at. They just need a Savior. They just need the Savior. Jehovah, Savior. Jehovah, Savior means deliverer. Right? We got to, you know, there's some things that we just need to go out and tell people that. Go back to that part of it. He is a Savior. During this time, it's not about 
uh, uh, the spirit of the holiday, right? It's about Christ, the Holy One. We've got to say that. We've got to express that. Amen? So let's go back to Matthew. Do you know how to apply what I'm saying? It's simply just follow. Just simply follow. You know, it's simply just following God. Amen? I want you to get it. I want you to get it. Here, uh, chapter 1, 1 through all the way to the 16th verse. Those are the genealogies. I think, like I said, there's 42. Maybe it took that long to get a handmaid. I don't know that. A bondservant. But I do know when you look at the connection here, they were in this small city together. That's sovereignty. And they met one another to be married. And, and we've got to get back to the ways of God, folks. I'll do less marriage counseling. There won't be crashes. Get back to the will of God where we get equally yoked, where we see the reality of God in our experience, where Mary meets Joseph and goes, hey, let's court with each other because I think something's here. I don't know it, but let's court with one another. Okay, I think there really is here. You too? Yeah, this is my dream. This is God. Oh, we sound kind of the same. Let's, let's covenant with this thing. Say covenant. Not just get married. Let's get covenanted, right? And then the next thing that they covenant, then they're joined. The Bible says they're joined together. And it doesn't stop there. And then they become heirs together. Say heirs together. In the grace of God. Not only do they, they run side by side, they run with each other. They believe in the same way, the same God, the same heart, and they're one. Say they're one. Some of you are looking for that. Just follow God, both of you, and you'll get equally yoked. You won't be arguing. You won't be frustrated. You'll get equally yoked. I see, I had a man come from another place. And this guy's not even born again yet. But I told him, you must be born again. The best I could do without you being regenerated is give you a principle of God. But you're going to come to God. I guarantee you, you are. And now he's in, 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 four, in four weeks, by principles of God, he's starting to put away selfishness put away that thing step up and become a father and become a leader believe it or not still not regenerated still not off the hook he's going to get born again amen he sees the results of god and all of a sudden where they were battling in their household and he was saying hey i got to have some me days now he's not saying anymore he told me yesterday i'm sitting on the chair and these these kids want to just sit next to me and sometimes i tell them whether you're smothering me i said no that's that's a god thing they never had a father in their lives. They've been through three to four different men in their lives. And now because you're just lining up, not regenerated yet, but just lining up, they want to feel that security and stability. They argue less in their house. I'm talking about knockdown drag outs. I'm talking about knives, people stabbing each other with knives. That's, the, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people so, uh, that aren't regenerate, One, uh, this individual, and another person dealing with them that maybe they have a religious concept, but they're both going to be born again. But that's the power of God already in their lives. And they begin to have less headaches because they're starting to connect and say, okay, instead of it's a me day, I need my day. It's just about me day. That's over for this guy. And now he's tasting something different. Why do these kids want to be around me? Changes are happening, amen? People get tired of warring with each other. People get tired of being in the same household and just always angry at one another. And these, this particular couple is like, I'm quitting. This is it. And they didn't quit, and now they're starting to break through. Say equally yoked. You're in here, and if you feel like you're not yoked and connected, you just get connected to God. It's just, just all you got to do is give yourself to God, give yourself to the Word. Don't worry about your mate. Don't worry about that one. And, and both will run together. You'll both run together. Are you listening to me? Oh, you say, Craig, that's not the Christmas story. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, that's not what I came to hear. Amen? So genealogies. All these names are named, right? You go through this, the names are named. And then, but the most two important names, and we're going to go to verse, let's go to verse 18. Now, say now. Verse 18, I'll give you a chance. Cain will click it up there. Now the birth of Jesus Christ. Say the birth of Jesus Christ. Say that's not his last name. Christ is not his last name. Will you say that? When I was a young kid, I don't know why. Why do they always say that? Jesus Christ is not his last name. It means the anointed one. It means the one. Say the one. It's not his last name. And hopefully today, by the grace of God, we're going to have the spirit of realization and take hold of his name like we never have before. With the experience of oneness with his name. Amen? All right. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child. 
Say, that looks pretty bad. You know, when she said, I surrender to you, God, she could have maybe even lost having Joseph as her husband. Huh? When she got pregnant, everything changed in her life. When you get pregnant with this realness of God, everything changes in your life. Don't you know when you're pregnant that even your walk begins to change? Huh? Sarah used to do that. You get pregnant with the word of God. You get pregnant with the miracle of God. Your walk's going to change. Tell your neighbor, my walk's going to change. Things are going to change. When I, when I have this thing in this heavenly thing inside of me, things are going to get tight in here. And she, so she, had, she may have even lost a relationship with Joseph, but nevertheless she said, be it done unto me according to your word, right? Say it cost her. It cost her everything. You'll see later in Luke that she says, after everything happens, she goes, my, my, how she say it? my soul, say my soul, does magnify the Lord. My spirit does rejoice in God my Savior. She's talking about from her spirit, she's talking about her soul, and she's talking about her body, right? Amen? Say a miracle of God. It'll cost you everything, but it's worth everything, amen? It cost her her reputation. It cost her probably some shame. You ever been there? There is a cost in that. But there is a glory of God to that. Right? Are you guys all alive in here? Or is this such a small group that it's quiet? <laughs> he said, I think it's both. Arthur said, I think, look around, Craig. <laughs> he said, you don't need a miracle for that. You can just see, look. <laughs> yeah. All right. And she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Say, by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man. Say, a righteous man and a handmaiden of God. Say, a righteous man and a handmaiden of God. Say, a righteous man and a handmaiden of God. Say, I'm a righteous man. And if you're a woman, it doesn't matter. And a handmaiden of God. Not wanting to disgrace. He, he, planned, he, sent, he planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Say, in a dream. Saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. Amen. When you do that thing with God, he'll move things for you. Amen. You do that heavenly thing. You pay that price. You do that cost. He'll move some things for you. People, you know, we, we talk about different things, but you do some things with God and tithes and offerings. And I'm not, I've never mentioned that money thing probably once in my life. But I'm telling you a principle of God. You do that way of God. You do that thing of God. You give unto God. He sees to it when you have needs. You think it's just magical that I have a $780,000 canceled debt? No. No, you faithful and little. You're there with uh, five cents and you're worshiping God with that offering of tithes and offerings unto God. And then when you need that withdrawal, there's a heavenly withdrawal that happens on your behalf. Amen? It's a principle of God. He said, don't, if one of you do that, say, well, he's talking about my, I've never done it in my life. I'll hit you with a shoe. <laughs> that's, that's Iraqi, <laughs> President Bush. <laughs> I've heard people say that. We hardly, we never talk about money here. Never, hardly. I think you've done it five times. I don't know. You do the math. And then once in a while, when you get somebody that gets convicted and they get their feelings hurt, I'm not going there. They're talking about money. I'm, we've never done that. Huh? Huh? Thank you. Right. That's right. I'm not getting off it. But you do that. That's, that's the word of God. Amen. You do that. And then when your day comes, there's a provider. Amen. There's a provision. Amen. Because you're faithful and little. You rule over much. Amen. It's not magical. God works by principles. It's not just magical. He works by principles. He works by faith. Arthur mentioned that before. He works by those elements. And we don't have faith unless we hear something, folks. And that's why he says it like this, and give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread. Say daily bread. I was telling some young men, I said, listen, man, your walk is great. Here's an example. You left Egypt. You were delivered by God. The waters parted, and Pharaoh is dead to you. You don't have sin problems all the time anymore. And then you went to another place in Exodus 15 called Myra, where you had bitterness in your heart. And the Lord said, look at this tree, and I'm going to heal you of bitterness. That a boy, that a girl. And then you went to another place, and I can't think of the name of that. I'll look at it another time, where you got refreshed in waters. But that wasn't all of it. The Lord said, you're going to learn to be a man, a woman, and a man, a man. You're going to live by life. That's not just living by deliverance, not just living by healing, but by life. And it comes from manna. I am the bread of life. Jesus Christ, the word of God. You got a daily bread. Say daily bread. 
out of that bread comes life. Amen? And I told that person, this is where you're at. Because, see, manna is not for the lazy. Say, it's not for the lazy. And manna is not for the greedy. You've got to come every day with your relationship with God. You've got to cultivate that every day. You can't be lazy and say, well, I don't think so. I, I, I don't have to have anything now. You're going to dry up. And you'll look at your Bible, and those Amalekites, which are a type of the flesh, are going to beat you up. And you say, no, all I do, daily bread. Say daily bread. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Get that life from me. Get that life from me. Live by that life through the word. And I want to encourage you. Just start out reading. Just start out reciting. Go, if nothing else, just start reciting certain scriptures. Get to the point of meditating them, thinking on them, until you start getting nourishment from it. And it says, and every day, they came every day to get that manna. Say, I'm not lazy. It's a vital necessity. I'm not greedy. Now, okay, since I'm here and I'm in the presence of God, and I'm here right now, I'm going to try to take all I can, all I can. It says it evaporates. You've got to come daily. God wants disciplined men and women. Amen? Amen? Say, give us this day. Our daily bread. Without that daily bread, there is no hearing of faith. I got to hear God to be able to believe Him with that faith of God. Are you listening to me? All right. And Joseph, her husband, in a dream, make marry your wife. And he said this to him. And he said, So she will bear a son, verse 21, and you shall call his name. Say, call his name. She was to, he was to name him Jesus. Say, name him Jesus. God gave him that name. Say, God gave him that name. I want you to look at this. I looked it up in the, in the Greek. Jesus. I hope I can find it. It means Jehovah, our Savior. It says right here, And thou shalt call his name Jesus from the Hebrew meaning, Jehovah the Savior. Say that with me. Jehovah the Savior. He didn't appear as that any time in the earth until that moment. Jehovah the Savior. In the Greek, it is. And this is what the, the commentary says. To the awakened and an anxious sinner, the sweetest and most fragrant of all names, expressing so melodiously and briefly his whole saving office and work. Say, Jehovah, Savior. And I was telling you that the Jews, they believe in Jehovah, but they're not, not a Savior. Amen? Say, they need to. Say, we all need to. And in this chapter, and maybe we'll go over it another time, but in this whole chapter, when it starts out, it deals with primarily names, say names, and the birth. Say names and the birthing. Amen? And I want you to look at that. When you go home and you glean it and let God speak to you in this thing. Amen? All right. So let's go on. And, and he said, you'll bear a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people. From their sins. Say from their sins. I told you earlier and, and the, the value of Savior and introduce them. There's people that I meet a lot, and you probably meet them too, that they have guilt for something they've done with their body, with someone, or to someone. And they carry it around, and they carry it around. What do they need? How do they need the appearing of God in their lives? Do they need the appearing of discipleship yet? No. Does he even reveal himself to the next name that he gives as Emmanuel? No. They need a Savior, right? Say forgiven. Say forgotten. I will remember your sins no more. As far as the east is from the west, so as far as your sins and transgressions are from me. Say they need a Savior. They carry guilt. They carry burdens. You can't get them to Emmanuel, the name Emmanuel, in their experience until they receive Jesus as Savior. Amen? It's not difficult for people to receive Jesus as Savior. Look in your own life and reflect. It's not difficult. You listen to different people and they say, I didn't know anything about God, but I knew he was dealing with me. And I just said, Jesus, whatever, from the heart, be my Savior. Jesus, do this. The thief on the cross, he couldn't come down and do any type of work. All he said is, basically, I believe you. I receive you as Savior. I receive you as that deliverer for my life. Amen? Don't make it hard. You see people, have you trusted in the Savior? You remember that thing? More than anything, when we're all said and done, the best thing that you could give your wife, your family, your kids, is the blessed assurance that you've accepted Jesus as Savior. That's the best thing that you can leave for your kids. 
the best thing you can leave for your grandkids is that when they're not struggling on the earth saying, oh, I don't know what happened to dad. Will I ever see him again? Where is he? Where I don't know. I don't know. No. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Amen. You leave that to your kids and they don't go around wondering. One of the best gifts of God to my life is my dad saying, he used to argue with me, argue with me for years. I was an altar boy. I don't need to accept Jesus. I, I served with the candles. I, I said, I keep hammering, keep hammering, keep hammering until the day that he, he begins to weep and say, I want to accept Jesus. Blessed assurance, Jesus is his. And then when he left this earth, he, he said, Craig, I don't know when I'm going, but I know where I'm going. Thank you, Jesus. My kids. They don't have to think about, well, where is he at? Because, you know, sometimes we pretend too much. Everybody just makes it to heaven. They were gang members, rapists, and all this stuff. It's, oh, he was a good boy. No, he wasn't. He was an evil boy. Did he accept the Savior on his bed? Then he's a forgiven guy, and he's making it to eternity forever. That's all we're looking for, right? Say, I want to leave. The blessed assurance to my grandchildren, my kids' kids. They know enough that I was a man of God and a woman of God that they could be assured that they'll see me again. They'll see me again. Amen? That's a beautiful thing. Say, blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. I remember that. That's the, the first thing I ever wanted in my life was the assurance. I said, I don't know, God. I don't know how this works. I'm calling on your name, but I want that assurance. I want to know you. I want to know that I'm wrapped with you. I want to know that Jesus, I've received you as Savior. That's simple. And I begin to have eternal life. Amen? And then everything starts catching up with your head. Then the next name, say his name shall be called Jesus. Jehovah Savior, right? He's the I am. He lives in our now, right? And then he says in the next verse, verse 23, And behold, the virgin, say the virgin, shall be with child and shall bear a son. Say a son. And they... Say, God called his name Jesus, and we shall call him Emmanuel. And they shall call him Emmanuel. And you will name him Jesus. That's the name I gave him, and we shall call him Emmanuel. God called him Jesus. We're calling on him as Emmanuel. Mary, he explained as the Savior, she had no experience him as her Emmanuel yet. You don't get that till you take the Savior. And then you learn him as Emmanuel. And what does that word Emmanuel mean? Look at you, Anna. I thought she was cheating and quoting. She just looked at the thing. How come I didn't just do that? Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Say Emmanuel. And the Bible does he, which being interpreted is God with us. Say that. God with us. Say God with me. Matthew 28 says, Lo, and I am with you always. Even unto the age, even through all ages, I am with you. Say, Emmanuel. You know him as Savior? Put your hand in the air. You do? That's awesome. Are you learning him as your Emmanuel? Yeah. Yeah, It's taken years for me to learn some things. Because God appears, you feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm Reverend, and, and there's a disappearing. And don't you know that in John 20, Jesus did that often? After he was resurrected, after he was resurrected from dead, he appeared, walked through a wall and said, it's me. Don't panic. He said, fear not. It says he appeared. Say he appeared. That means he could disappear, but that means he was always here. Tell your neighbor that. That's, that you say, say he's always here. He could appear to you in your, in, in your spirit. He could appear to you in your senses. And if he doesn't appear at that moment and you feel like he disappeared, where is he? Lo, I'm here always. I'm appearing, secure you. I'm disappearing, but I'm still here. That's that heavenly vision, right? And you cultivate that and you learn it. The guys, will, they'll come to me and they'll say, man, I'm out of, I don't feel right. I'm, I'm feel out of sync and I don't feel and I don't feel and I don't feel. Lo, he's with you always, even to the end of the ages, no matter what you're going through. He's there, but I felt him so strong last week. He's still there. And he appeared to his disciples and he disappeared. And then he went to the road of Emmaus and he appeared to them. And said, it's me. Break the, and open their, their eyes. And he appeared. Say, appeared. And disappeared. The heavenly realm is always happening. Say, it's always happening. That's why when they had that first appearing, and all of a sudden it says, and the angels appeared, they were already there. Saying, glory to God in the highest. They were already there in the highest place of glory that Paul said, I knew a man one day in the third heaven. Say, the third heaven. 
And they were in that place. Those angels were seeing what was going on. And they were worshiping God in that moment. And then they appeared and opened the heavens to these shepherds and said, this is what's happening, guys. It's glory to God. Glory to God is going on in the highest places right now. And I'm going to show you. It says, and his glory shone on the shepherds. And they go, and they didn't go, wow. But I think they did. They probably went, wow. Or they probably fell on their face. Right? Actually, it says they were afraid. But it appeared. Say appeared. Don't you remember? It says Elijah, that, that prophet, he said, hey, I'm scared. Uh, there's more of them than us. And he said, here, look. Oh, wow. There's a lot more of us than them. Right? Say faith. That's what faith takes. Amen? I'm trying to explain it. I hope I'm expressing it. Let's go on. Emmanuel, God with us. Say God with us. And Joseph awoke, and, and then it goes on about the cost, and it goes on, uh, it goes on back to there. And I'm going to go back to the name for a second. And his name shall be called. And when we get back to some of these things with his name, with the name of Jesus, I think I wrote down about nine different things about his name. And I want you to take John 14, and I don't know what verse it is, but I want you to pray this throughout the week. Because that's the whole purpose of God's spirit. It's the whole purpose. is to. He said he's the spirit of truth. Write it down. The Holy Spirit, you're the spirit of truth. That word truth is aletheia. It means reality or realization. We need that realizing, right? Otherwise, things seem empty. They seem dead. They don't seem real. But when the spirit, say, but when the spirit gives us realization, we become one with that word. That word becomes powerful. It becomes effective in our lives. What did I tell you I was looking for? Yeah. Yeah, what does it say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it goes on about what the Spirit will do with that name so we can lay hold of it and really use it. He said to pray in his name, what you just said. And then the preceding verse, it says the Spirit will come and dwell in us, right? I think that's that 17th verse, which basically tells us that the, the, the Holy Spirit is going to give us that, that name in prayer where we become effective with it, the reality of that. Amen? So I want you to write this down. Say his name. Say we're to pray in his name. We're to, be, we're to call on his name, Romans chapter 10. See, that's a, again, that's a practice. Say, that's a practice. That's something you could do. Tell your neighbor, that's something you could do. When I didn't know anything, and I just came out of a sin, sinful life, all, I didn't know anything, but I began to learn how to call on the name of the Lord. And it starts like that. Say, I'm going to call on his name. That word call means invoking who he is. And every time you call, and remember Isaiah said, out of your, out of your waters, you call on him, waters start happening. So just practice that calling. I had a, a young guy call the other week. He goes, remember what you said about calling on the Lord? I'm calling on him, and I'm experiencing him. You want to experience him? Start calling on him. Say, call on him. Say, pray in his name. And listen, praying in his name means by the spirit of realization, as we're with God, we're going to use his name. We're not going to just use it as a signature every time. Like, I, you know, we all get caught doing that. So, Father, uh, bless Arthur a hundredfold in the name of Jesus, period. And we lose heart in it, right? <laughs> In the name of Jesus. This means I'm signing checks. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, right? But we're going to do it with oneness. And things begin to change. He also said this. In my name, you'll cast out devils. Say devils. See, people don't believe in devils anymore, but they're still there. Ask Tom. He'll have a story about that on another day. He said we're to be gathered in his name. Matthew 18, 20. Write it down. Acts 16, 18. We're to cast out demons in his name. Acts 26, 9. Why don't you shoot that one up there for me, Cain? I don't even remember. I just wrote the scripture. I want to see. It, I think it speaks of the hatred of the name of Jesus and the attacking on his name. Don't you, do you remember that? When I was brand new, when I first got saved, I would say, well, these people say, what would you do? I said, you know what? I gave my heart to God, right? Did you ever do that? I gave my heart to God. But then one time you start saying, I gave my heart to Jesus. Did you feel that feeling? Everybody goes, what, Jesus, Jesus, ah! They, they get freaked out. You can say God generically. You know what I mean? I gave my heart to God. I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. Hey, don't say that. You feel uncomfortable, they feel uncomfortable. You, and then you get that, that vibe. You Jesus freak. There's power in the name. Those demonic powers know that. And if they can reduce us to this, and I just pray this for Christ's sake, in Christ's name, and we get back to reality and out of oneness with him and say, in the name of Jesus, 
I pray that by the authority in the name of Jesus, things begin to change. I don't know if you ever experienced. You ever experienced that? Or everybody looks at me like, no. Well, if you, do you ever say the name of Jesus? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> do you ever say his name in front of people? How about that? Everybody look at me like, great man, what are you, man? You got so many problems. <laughs> you say, Jesus, you feel things. What's wrong with you? <laughs> do you ever say the name of Jesus to somebody? And have you ever felt that feeling come on you? Wow, man, why the hate? Why the hate? They said, hey, I hate that name. The demons do. Society does. They said there's no other name in heaven and earth where men might be saved. There's no other way to salvation but the name of Jesus. There's no true healing. I'm not talking holistic or medical, but through the name of Jesus. There's not. And we got to take back that name once again. And use that name that's been authorized and use it out of the authorization of the spirit of reality telling us, yeah, you got his name, take it. Let's do this thing. You got his name. You're one with it. Use the name of Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. Watch them get uncomfortable and watch them fall in love in the same time. Say his name is Jesus. His name is wonderful. Listen to this. And I verily thought within myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Contrary. There's another scripture I was looking for. Paul, and I think it's Acts 9, he said he persecuted the church. Listen to this. He persecuted the church for what? For calling on the name of Jesus. You look at your Bible. He didn't just say he persecuted the church for praying his name or saying his name. He said for calling on the name of Jesus. Paul persecuted the church, which denotes that the church knew this practice with God. We call on his name together, invoking who he is, experiencing him as Emmanuel. Amen? I don't know if it makes you happy. It made me happy. Because it, the word testifies to that reality. And if Paul was chasing Christians for that reality of the practice of calling on Jesus, don't you think we should? Huh? Is anybody getting anything out of this? Yeah, you never know. Because sometimes you feel like you're throwing a rubber ball and it bounces right back at you. <laughs> and then you end up like a speed bag. <laughs> All right, say the name of Jesus. Praying in it. All right. Let me see what else. I'm going to give you one of the scripture. Write this down. 1 Timothy 4.10. And can you just shoot it up there? You can look at it. I mean, you guys all read it out loud. Somebody lead it while I'm sitting here looking for my next text here. Amen. <laughs> now you did perfect. You said the Savior, what, what does it say? Let's Here we go. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially those that believe. Say he's the Savior of all men. We will not reduce that. Amen. We're not doing just holiday stuff. I am not the Grinch who stole Christmas. But, <laughs> but you're, you're to glorify God in this season. Amen. What the birth cost, you got it. What the name means, you got it. How to call on his name, say, you got it. Amen? So let's stand to our feet. And let's just lift our hands to heaven and say, Lord Jesus, we love you. Lord Jesus, we call upon you. Lord Jesus, we gather in your name. Lord Jesus, we cast out devils. In your name, Lord Jesus, be magnified. Lord Jesus, Jehovah, Savior. Watch this. Jesus is God. Amen? Amen. All right, amen. Um, the name Emmanuel, you know, uh, I'd, I'd become a, a Christian, um, and I had an internship in, uh, Bothell, Washington, and, um, it was the first time I'd heard this song, but the word Emmanuel came to life for me, 
this, 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 with this song. And uh, it's, it's very simple. And I'm really stepping out here. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I, I'm just praying, like, God, I pray that it, it come to life for you. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, his name is called Emmanuel, God with us, God. 